0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Exner of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Black Friday. The Vikings are 9-2. and two.
2: I'm Arif Hassan of Pro Football Network. Uh, I've been vindicated after Adam Thielen spat out his turkey and said it's too dry.
1: It is a two-man operation today on the Minnesota Football Party. Let's get after it. Locked on Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your
2: local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Football Party. It's your guys hanging out, talking next-level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings' Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts
1: now. Welcome to the Minnesota Football Party. I'm Sam Ekstrom, along with Arif Hassan of Pro Football Network. This is the crew today. This is the party. It's a very intimate party. We do have a guest of honor today. His name is Ron Johnson. He joins us every week, and he will be joining us midway through the show. He was at the game last night, did the post-game reaction on the radio. So that'll be great to have Ron joining us. Um, But we've got plenty to talk about. Uh, Is Randy Moss getting surpassed by Justin Jefferson? Uh, Kirk Cousins, best game of the year? And what is going on with this Vikings defense? All that and more on today's Minnesota Football Party. Arif, happy Thanksgiving, my friend. How was your day? Uh, it's fantastic.
2: I am really excited to look forward to my leftovers. Again, no turkey. So uh, my leftovers will be a little bit better than everyone else's, and I, I appreciate that fact.
1: Before we talk football, I mean you tweeted out a brilliant spread of food that apparently you prepared on your own yesterday. I know you're kind of a foodie, but, but that was an impressive <laughs> look, dude. Uh, on on my own would be a little bit of
2: a disservice to my partner, Chelsea, but the right. two of us. Yeah, yeah, the, the two of us. Um Yeah, everything but the Hawaiian rolls, which, of course, we bought. You cannot beat King's Hawaiian. Um, but yeah, no, it you was. Go, do it you was, go with the savory butter rolls? No, no, no. The, the King's Hawaiian are sweet. I think they actually they use like pineapple juice in the dough oh, or something wow. like
1: that. Wow. I strongly recommend them. They're delicious. They're like my favorite. Like off the shelf bread. That's outstanding. I, uh, I as well had a big spread at home. Went to the game. They had plenty more that I could have eaten. I just went with a salad. I was not going to go round two of the turkey and the gravy. Um, oh but, yeah, it would have uh, been round two for you. Okay, I was like, you had a free right. Thanksgiving spread and you didn't, you didn't take advantage of it. Round it two, been, I guess. I understand. It would have been round two within about three hours, and that that for me yeah, is a little bit that, much. I get that. And will we'll, we'll tie up this thread as well. The Thanksgiving food draft and the vote has come to a conclusion. I got walloped, right? I got third. The so winner like was Team Three, and that was no, you... Sam Ekstrom.
2: Yeah, do you had you had a great draft? I mean, I I came out of it thinking you had a phenomenal one. And if I, um, you know, was a turkey guy, I would have voted for yours easily.
1: Vikings beat the Patriots. They're nine and two. How do you view that victory? compared to past victories for the Vikings this year.
2: Huh? That's, it's an interesting one because it followed the same script, right? In fact, I just tweeted out um, the uh, an image about how the Vikings games all seem to go the same way, but uh, I, I don't know. It, it follows a lot of the same script. I guess the Vikings were much more consistent, you know, uh, than they usually are, right? The second and third quarters uh, of a lot of the Vikings games this year have been uh, duds, but uh, I, I don't know. I guess, uh, I guess in this game, the second quarter wasn't so bad. Uh, <laughs> so that's one way to put it. Um, and, uh, I, I think that you take a look at kind of the statistics on the page and you say, Hey, Kirk Cousins had a phenomenal game and that's fair. Um, I, I think that cousins was very honest about what he thought about his game in the post game presser. And I'm kind of aligned with, with his thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, actually the exact same throws that he was worried about are the ones I'm worried about, but I don't know. It, it's really difficult for me to parse what this game means for me in terms of who the Vikings are from the previous several games, except for the fact that the Patriots have uh, great, probably the best defense the Vikings have played all year. The Vikings were still able to put up points. So uh, that's that's like a nice caveat to all of this. Like, hey, you know, the Vikings still kind of looked out of sorts, but they put up a lot of points. And looking out of sorts and putting up a lot of points against the league's best defense is a lot different than doing it against Detroit.
1: Yeah, you know, if you look at this score, it's basically the same as the Cardinals game you know, 34, 26 in that game, 33, 26 last night. I still felt like the defense regressed last night. Um, It just felt different. There, there wasn't, I mean, they weren't playing from in front as much as the Cardinals game. Therefore the defense had more pressure on it and they melted Mm. a lot of those situations last night until the end, which again does follow the same script as the season so far, but, Movement of the football on offense, I thought, was was a major plus. The, the lull that this team usually goes through amounted to basically two drives. After the opening touchdown, it was a three and out, and then it was the pick. And after that, the Vikings scored pretty much at will um, as long as they needed to, and they got up by seven points. So I, I credit the offense with really a, tr- a tremendous performance, aside from the obvious interception asterisk. Um, Kirk Cousins, what have you seen his QBR yet? I'm guessing his QBR is around 75 for last. Oh, yeah, I I, I would imagine, especially because like it's not like PFF grade
2: where they'll take those, uh, they'll take those dropped picks, or I I don't know, dropped picks is the wrong way to put it, those near picks, um, into the grade. QBR is not going to do that, right? They're going to give him full credit for the KJ Osborne catch, right? So, um, 75, that's a good guess. I'm going to go with 80.
1: I don't know, that was pretty good. The interception hurts, but again uh you're the winner 84.8 a season high qbr which and this is crazy the qbr against buffalo was 32.6
2: yeah against new
1: england was 84.8 that's absurd (laughs) um i guess the vikings had like the second highest completion percentage against belichick in his coaching tenure in new england what was it like 88%? Over 80%, over 80% if you include the Justin Jefferson completion, which would make them 31 of 38. <laughs> that's, that's um right. the that, Justin Jefferson completion. Like and this is this is the whole thing, Arif. When your offense plays at that level, like it has the capability to, I think we believe that it does. Um, that covers up so much stuff. Justin Jefferson bails you out of, of tough third down situations. Your defense can play as bad as it looked last night, and you can still win games. That's the value of having a top five level offense. And I think that has to be the path for this team. I don't know if this defense has any magic bullets. Like you might get Dantzler and Tomlinson back, and you might be able to play at sort of a baseline level where, um, you know, you don't have a ton of obvious weaknesses to exploit, and you can get by giving up 24 points a game. But this offense has to be the engine. And last night reminds us of that, that there's clearly one unit that that has so much more potential than the other. Yeah, it's such a it's such a sea change, right? From the way that
2: we've viewed this Vikings team for uh gee over a decade, right? Like even before Zimmer, right? It it, it is really kind of you have to wrap your head around this, what's really nice though, is that um the team is is really well set up to do that. Not just because they have Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins, all of that's true, but they also have a bunch of really great game planners uh, as coaches, right? Like, I think that there's been a lot said uh, by me sometimes about how poorly they do in terms of in-game adjustments, right? This is the reason that we're uh, so often frustrated with the second and third quarter, how often the offense doesn't seem to adapt to what's happening around it. But heading into, I, I, I say there's very few complaints I have about the way that they prepare heading into a game, you know, maybe adjusting, you know, that's a concern. But heading into the game, they often come in with a great game plan. And here, I think, is a perfect example of that. Yeah, I, I could have used fewer screen passes. That's fine. We, we could have all used fewer screen passes. Uh, this team is somehow remarkably awful at it. Don't know why. But um, if you if you take away, uh, you know, I, I put this in my recap piece. If you take away all the screen passes and you take away all the play action passes because it's not fair for the statistic I'm about to spout, the uh, Kirk Cousins averaged 2.44 seconds per drop back, Right. And, and that's reasonably quick, especially for Cousins, who tends to hold on to the ball quite a bit longer than a lot of other quarterbacks, mostly by design in terms of the way that the offense is structured for him. And uh, that is probably around 6th or 7th in the league in the same circumstances, right? When you get a way to play action, get risk screen passes, it's about 6th or 7th in the league uh, for this game. So uh, that, to me, tells me that you know they were pretty concerned about not having Darisaw, right? They were pretty concerned about Matthew Judon, right? They are concerned about you know Uche on third down. And uh, they adapted the offense to make sure that they could hit a bunch of quick hitters, knowing that, you know, the primary guy that they're going to be a quick hitter for, right, Justin Jefferson, is going to get covered up a lot, especially, like Kirk Cousins said, on some of these east-west routes, right? Uh, And so, uh, you know, the Vikings did a really good job finding a way to get rid of the ball quickly to a bunch of different players. um, And uh, in doing so, I I think, you know, we're able to move the chains in a way that I think they should probably explore when Derisad comes back, right, because they have not been consistent off they've been extraordinarily explosive but they've not been consistent on offense and and if this offense can be both consistent and explosive it's a juggernaut it, it can do so many amazing things
1: yeah for the amount of attention that they gave Brandel's side of the line the amount that they seemed to use a fullback last night they still found a way to to get the ball downfield you know enough to to have a, dy- a dynamism to this offense that I think it's lacked, obviously, in previous weeks. And if you look at the, you know, if you look at the splits post by, and it's obvious that Kirk Cousins is making a more concerted effort to get the ball downfield. And Justin Jefferson just keeps paying it off. Oh my and I gosh. think Kirk, yeah. Kirk's quote last night was, the eye in the sky don't lie. Like, when Justin Jefferson <laughs> puts these things on tape, it just reinforces to Kirk that he's going to be okay if he, he makes these throws. And the two last night were astonishing. I, I tweeted that, Justin Jefferson set the PFF record for contested catches against Buffalo. And had he gotten a few more targets, I don't know what the final number was, but I mean, he could have come close again last night. Like he had another four five or six that might be classified as contested. He's fearless. He's fearless. Like asked him after the game, you know, what's your mindset when you're about to get blasted and you know that you're going to pay the price if you make a catch. And he just laughed and said, yeah, I don't really think I'm getting blasted. Like he doesn't even <laughs> think these." He doesn't even think these are that big of hits when we're watching and saying, my gosh, man, how are you hanging on to this football? Um, I think this belongs in the Randy Moss Thanksgiving Pantheon. I mean, it's, it doesn't have quite the yardage or the touchdowns. that, that Mo- like Moss's highlights are all touchdowns, right? He just made yeah. remarkable catches in the end zone. But this is right there. I mean, the collection of grabs he made last night, that was special stuff.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm looking up a, a statistic real quick because, yeah, this is what I thought. So um, I have often characterized that, you know, the one or one or two weaknesses that Justin Jefferson has had. Uh, and now it looks silly after the last two weeks that he's had um, has been contested catches. And I looked it up. As, Am I dumb? Is this it, it, did I say have I been wrong my entire career about this guy? <laughs> uh, and you know, I, I did. You know, he had like a 91% contested catch rate in college, so I, I did say that he's probably going to be able to get it back. But um, last year, he was below average in contested catches. He had below 50%. I think it was like 41 or something like that. Up until week seven, his contested catch win rate was 33%, and uh, and mm-hmm. then after that, he he turned it on. So I'm not I'm not crazy. I do remember that this was a problem, and now it is absolutely nuts to even think of it as a problem. You know, he is. Um, I don't know if he, you could say he's turned it on another level or, you know, the Vikings have given him more chances or, you know, what is it? You know, it could be variants. I don't know. He's having a, a really phenomenal stretch of games. It's going to cement. um, I think his legacy in a way, like, like you just said, right. That like, you know, Randy Moss's Thanksgiving game is part of the lore of talking about Randy Moss. Well, in, in a game where Justin Jefferson passes Randy Moss's record for most receiving yards through three years, right. With, and he's got like six games to go, right? Mm-hmm. He did it before Moss. You know, Moss had 48 games. This is done in 44 games, right? Um, it, it seems appropriate that he was able to put on uh, one or two games that at, that have the same significance in the story of Justin Jefferson, right? Just the way that he was able um, to string together, especially through these double teams, especially against a cornerback as talented as Jonathan Jones, right? Um, for him to be able to, to set up the Viking for so many scores in such spectacular manner. Um, I, I think it is, is really big in terms of the way that we talk about Jefferson. I know that um, Lindsay young, uh, one of the VEN reporters tweeted out, you know, sometimes it, 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 I forget, you know, and it hits me late that I'm covering this generation's Randy Moss. It is wild. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. It's hard to make the comparison, right? Because Randy Moss is the receiver, right? Like in the same way, that, you know, when people talk about who's the best receiver of all time, you know, two names come up. It's Jerry Rice and Randy Moss, right? Unless you want to be like a history nerd and be like Don Hudson or something, right? Uh, it's those two, right? And uh the further away we get from their careers, the more people gravitate to Randy Moss because his skill is obvious there's no way to get around how dominant his highlights are uh, remember the nfl tweeted out just his touchdowns and it was a 10 minute highlight reel
1: he's like 50 <laughs> yard his 50 yard catches was like a 10 minute yeah highlight. yeah that was it yeah,
2: yeah. He was just like what in the world? and so like wh- who he is as a receiver is spectacular and uh everything that he does on the field is um you know explosive and bombastic and easy to remember Whereas jerry rice you know would, would get all of these yards in ways that are relatively mundane and his power was in his consistency, right? Well, Jefferson's kind of been between the two, you know, he has these spectacular highlights, but he's, he's got this remarkable consistency. I mean that stylistically, I don't think Jefferson's as good as Jerry Rice, but Hey, he's on the path to be right. Like this is, this is a, a remarkable career that we're watching unfold in front of us.
1: No doubt about that. Uh, we've got Ron Johnson coming up in a moment before we get to Ron reminder that betonline.net is your number one source for sports wagering info. The Vikings covered last night the two-and-a-half point spread, and the game went well over the over-under. We'll keep an eye on that Jets line for next week. I'm not sure that's released yet, but you can get that line and plenty more at BetOnline.net. It's NCAA football and basketball. It's NBA, NFL, and you've got MMA boxing and golf as well. Get your betting fix at BetOnline.net on your laptop or mobile device where the game starts. Our guest of honor today, like he joins every week, it's Ron Johnson. He's at three Ron Johnson on Twitter, host of the Ron Johnson Show here on Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Ron, uh, late night for you. You were doing the post game show. Thanks for joining us this morning. Um, what was the vibe after the game? Did, were uh, what were the callers like coming off of uh, a big Thanksgiving meal? Watching the Vikings, were they were they fired up about the win?
0: Uh, well, I thought Luke Braun called in because, you know, it was uh, it was the Kirk Cousins narrative that, hey, he threw a bad interception and blah, blah. And no, but <laughs> but it was uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was actually pretty positive. Um, the, the, I mean, of course, everybody's thinking this. And, and so the Vikings actually do have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. They do have a chance to go to the NCAA championship. Uh, all signs pointing to and this is what people have to remember. The Eagles play the Packers. So the Eagles could really help the Vikings clinch the NFC North. So it's kind of like, do you want the Packers to win? Yes, because you want the Eagles to get knocked down a peg and you want that number one seed. But then also the Eagles beat the Packers. Then you clinch the North more more than not, because I don't think the Bears can rattle off every game moving forward. Uh, So it's one of those, you know, people were just kind of like it, it's a little bit of consternation. Like, do we root for the Packers because we want we rather have a, a home game in the NFC Championship or do we root for the Eagles because we just want to win the North and be done for before December or by December? And because uh, they beat the Jets, then it's over. Uh, but here's where it got weird. Of course, it was the kicker conversation late in the season, no matter where you're at. If you're in Philly, if you have to go. If Tampa has to come to you, um, who knows? Because that's what everybody's asking. We, we, we got to get rid of a kicker. We got to get rid of our kicker. He's going to lose the season for us. Who else is out there? And I think that, <laughs> that's that's where I'm confused at because I'm like, who else is out there? What are the kickers out there? I mean, everybody has a job. I know there's a, there's like two teams with two kickers, but it's yeah. too late to trade. Um, so honestly, like it, it it's one of those things where you have to ride this out. Like unless somebody gets cut, uh, or some you know college kicker they work out they're like, You know what this guy at least will be consistent down the stretch. Um, that's the only way this goes and, and don't 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 think that the Vikings aren't going to have some uh Tuesday visitors and Monday visitors for some kickers. uh just see what's out there because there are some free agents out there. you can look at the list of names there's some old guys There's some young college guys that have done it um, but the question is where where does it go from there like who who do you actually get and then if they do this is the thing if they pull the trigger and they don't keep both, because this is if they do it, I would say keep both. Have Greg Joseph and another kicker like a lot of teams do because a lot of teams have, like, our field goal kicker and then they have their extra point kicker or they have their kickoff guy. So if you're going to do that, um, I would keep both just in case that other guy is not as good as they thought. You know, maybe he can make the 25-yarders or the front, sorry, from the 25-yard line, but he's not the guy from, you know, 50, 49, so on and so forth, Mm. so. Yeah, that's that's the only calls we really got were kicker. Um and then is this the worst nine and two team we've ever seen? I think that was another one.
1: Man, I, th- I, I thought you said one. it was positive. That sounds really, really depressing. You I know? mean, it,
0: it was we went to like one in the morning, so that was just <laughs> that was just like two of them. Uh, but that that a lot of people like the talkbacks kind of said the same thing, but no, most of the people, their their whole process was uh, kicker, and then is this the worst team ever? I honestly, I had a mastermind plan off air that I knew would never work. But I was like, I'd love to see Kevin O'Connell's offense and Mike Zimmer's defense in its prime together. And I got a little bit of pushback just because people were like, you know, like Mike Zimmer's ego, you know, there's no way he would ever coach for Kevin O'Connell. Uh, if he had bought Kevin O'Connell in his offensive coordinator sooner, um, there's no way he would have given him the reins to the offense. So I think that's that's the problem with it
2: yeah i guess i don't i don't know zimmer is primarily a football coach like he just likes to coach football i think if the vikings offered which they wouldn't right but i think if the vikings offered him a defensive coordinator position i think he would take it honestly genuinely i think he wouldn't have a problem not being a head coach i don't think he enjoyed being a head coach Uh, so
1: i i mean
0: that would set the world on fire if that happened
1: yeah, no, I, it, would. I, I, it would. I disagree it's, it's that he would happen. accept it. I think Zimmer's kind of a grudge guy. Like, I think he still looks okay, at his yeah, old no, organizations. That, like, look I, at Bobby Petrino. It. He still hates Bobby <laughs> Petrino with the Well, he's,
2: he's right about that one. That, there's That's a difference. <laughs> he's right about that one.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. He'd have to deal with uh, with the Wilfs. But um. so, yeah, two things, Ron. Number one, I yeah. think you got to cheer for Green Bay on sunday i mean there, there's plenty yeah. of time to clinch That's this division I yeah i think you, you need to and yeah it, it's a win-win Painful. because if green Painful. bay loses you can clinch the division next week um but i still think that you need to cheer for the eagles to lose first and foremost second of all i looked up the the greg joseph extra point stats when he was in cleveland he was third from the bottom in extra point percentage last year he was second from the bottom in extra point percentage and this year he's dead last. Um, it's a bizarre issue, and it's always so – I'm not a special teams coach, but he's always pushing it to the right. It's almost always a miss to the right. Um, there's there's definitely something mechanical going on there, and he's in his head about it. I don't know how to solve it, um, but it, it's a problem. It's a problem, but I'm with you, Ron. There's no solution right now. There's no good oh, yeah. kicker that you can go, go and pick up off the free agency scrap heap. It just doesn't work that way. Right. Um, so, I mean, so- I don't
0: know if you want to be. And the thing is, you don't want to rattle your kicker either. You don't want him thinking like, if I mess and make a mistake, my job uh, it's over. Um, but I'm also in the in the I'm, I grew up in the world where you bought players in all the time anyway. And then other guys kind of like, whoa, I need to I need to do what I'm supposed to do because they mm-hmm. could replace me. So yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know because kickers are different. Kickers are a different breed, like that whole like like Zach Wilson, for instance. They benched him. I think that's hopefully a wake-up call for him. He he learns how to be a – He already apologized to the team for his comments, um, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, he should have stopped worrying about Stacy's mom and and focused more on like what happens if he loses. But <laughs> but you know, I, I think that that's gonna be the key is like can you do what you could could use Zach Wilson a kicker? I don't know, like, do you bench him in a game that you're like, you know what, we don't need our kicker this game. Uh, let's just go for two every single time against the Jets. You know, that could be a, an opportunity. Not I say the Jets are are bad, but I'm not saying Mike White is going to win this game. Uh, so could you – and he could be back. Like, they only benched him for this Sunday, so maybe next Sunday he's back. Uh, but, you know, Mike White walking to the U.S. Bank Stadium, I personally – well, I was maybe just go for two. Like, just see what happens. You get – if you get half of them, it's the same as making a kick. So, hey. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Ron, I, I want to get your take on another special teams topic. We haven't talked about it yet. Uh, The kickoff return by Wanglu last night. I, I'd say maybe the most critical play of the game. I mean, New England marches down, scores to start the second half, and I think you're feeling pretty deflated at that point. That, to me, was the turning point in this football game. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, so it was a money ball moment for me. Uh I walked down on the field uh right on that drive. And usually I try to get different angles of the field just so I can get a feel for it. Um and so I went down to the floor suite, suites because I knew someone, so I kind of walked in and just stood there, like right, right on the field. And I was trying to figure out, you know, like what's gonna happen? Is the defense gonna come out and stop him? But the defense literally drives down the field um and absolutely just destroys the Vikings defense. Sorry, the offense drives down the field and just drives the Vikings defense. I'm standing right behind Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. And you see both of them come back, grab their helmet, kind of slam it on. You see Kirk Cousins warming up angrily with uh, the quarterback, number 12, uh, Mullins. And I'm like, man, this offense. And so I thought Justin Jefferson was going to go Super Saiyan. Like, I thought he was about to have a Goku-type moment. Uh, (laughs) Sorry for the anime fans. I don't know if I used it right. I don't know if Goku goes Super Saiyan, I don't know. Um, But I thought it was going to be fire. I mean, you know those moments, fire from his hair, and he's about to just go light the football on fire and run through seven guys. Kadei Wangu backs up, catches it, and I'm watching it up, and then I'm looking, he runs right by us. We're looking up like, oh, he didn't step Because I thought he stepped out of bounds at first. I was like, oh, he might have stepped out of bounds. No flags. I'm like, I've never seen a kickoff return with no flags. I'm like, oh, and it it was a touchdown. (laughs) Some and, controversy,
2: um, though. Somebody thought yeah, that should have been a flag. And,
0: and just well, yeah, because CJ Ham, hey, and I said, I said CJ Ham. I've been, I've said free Ham, so maybe that's his way of saying, hey, free me. I'm blocking like crazy. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Um, but when you watch Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen turn, their whole demeanor changed. They took their helmets off. They were smiling. They were laughing. You saw Kirk Cousins kind of like, you know, pound his chest a little bit, like, okay, we're good. And then they actually sat there. You can see Thielen kind of – I don't know what he said, but he kind of must have said, like, man, I'm, I'm going to get stiff because he had been st- – because, you know, for his old guys, you can't stand around too long. And uh, that was a long stretch because the defense had to go back out there twice and the offense hadn't been able to go back out. And they had points on the board. So it changed the whole scope of the game. I think it deflated the Patriots a little bit too because they had won the previous week off of a punt return. And so now to lose theoretically off of a kickoff return, that, that stung a little bit. Um, and so you, you could just see – they changed how the sideline felt, and I think that's that's what I got. And then the fans too, like the fans I was standing around behind me, they were like losing it. Uh, I mean, it was it was a definitely like like I know I know he got a game ball, and I said that on the fan line. I was like, Kane Wangu has to get MVP or game ball for changing the scope of that game. And of course, Kevin O'Connell heard me, and he gave it to him because um, I know Kevin O'Connell listens to the fan line on the way home. It's good
1: that he's listening. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, and so uh I-, I think that's going to be uh a big moment, but three, so three kickoff returns in his career. Somebody said, you know what, at this rate he'll pass Cordero Patterson. So <laughs> At this at
2: this rate, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just two per We're year, gonna- that's all you need. <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, I I I know that uh the the cousins had mentioned that they they may have seen something and and adjusted the way that they were handling kickoff returns at halftime to kind of break that one open. So uh first of all, uh you know, one of the most underrated contributors to, to the Vikings this year is special teams coordinator Matt Daniels. He's been doing a phenomenal job. I I cannot stress that even as the kicking game has been disappointing, everything else has been great, including kickoffs, right? Which includes the kicker, right? You know, he he has been um absolutely stunning. So uh, you know, that that that's a big part of it. Um, you know, you mentioned Justin, Je- uh, Justin Jefferson going super sad, you know, Sam and I were having a discussion about kind of the way that people will continue to remember Justin Jefferson, right? Because he just passed, you know, Randy Moss in terms of most receiving yards over the course of three years helps being in a, a little bit more of a passing friendly environment, you know, in 2022. But still, you know, absolutely, you know, stunning performance. And we're entering the arena of blasphemous conversations, right? You know, Lindsay Young, Vikings reporter, was like, hey, we're seeing this generation's Randy Moss. When can we have a conversation about? I mean, he's passing a bunch of Randy Moss records.
0: Uh, same way Randy and TO talked about Jerry Rice, not to the end. Like, you can't, like out of respect, you can't do it to the end. Like, you gotta, because again, we're saying this. But what if, when this two hundred million dollars comes up, he disappears like the meme, and he's just (laughs) like, if if his agent sits down with the Vikings, is like, hey, this is what Justin wants because look at what Cooper Cup's got. Cooper Cup took a team friendly deal, uh, but look at what the market bears. I mean, that's that's what this is about. What can the market bear for a receiver of his caliber? If he leaves after four years. Conversations out the door. People would never bring it up again. They're never going to say he's – now, other people, yes, mm-hmm. they will eventually, you know, have that conversation, Randy Moss, T.O., Jerry Rice. But as far as Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings history, no. He's going to go right down with Stephon Diggs. Great receiver, one of the best in the league, but he's with them. So, again, I'd say – I always say let it play out because that's one I could never and, – and Randy was a, a – I mean, they called him a freak for a reason. He was a different beast. Like, he was yeah. the same animal as the rest of us, but he was a different beast. Like, he, he was a <laughs> he was a totally different, like, his Thanksgiving game, and that's why when people say, oh, is this a Randy Moss-type Thanksgiving game? Hell no. Like, you have to understand what Randy Moss did. And um, who did I just talk? Oh, Leo Lewis, and Leo Lewis said that. Like, he only had three catches, like three. That was it. And then I saw Michael Irvin, because Michael Irvin said that that game, Michael Irvin was the old dog, you know, and he mm-hmm. was like, his job, Every game was to be the best on the field, best receiver on the field, regardless of team. And he said that day, he got me. The young kid got me, and he's like three catches, 163 yards, and three touchdowns. And he was like, and Mike Urban was like, man, I had like ten catches, 135 yards. Nobody knows. Nobody knows.
2: <laughs> like, well,
0: also, like I, that, I think
2: I think people that's forget. Another, that's
0: another TikTok thing, though. Like they're, <laughs> yeah. they're not gonna know. They're not gonna know. Yeah. Like. It's Randy Moss. Like, if you get three catches, they're not gonna know. They're not gonna know who Michael Irvin is. Nobody knows Michael Irvin had 10 catches. I didn't know until Michael said it himself. So that's that's, yeah. that's what that's what Randy Moss did. I don't think Justin Jefferson's there just yet. Um, but he's getting there. Like he's he's you know, he's on that, he's on that, like he's on that mountaintop right there. Cause he's I think, in my opinion, I think he's past OBJ. Uh, I think he's past Tyreek. Um he is he is the best in the league, I think. In my opinion, you look at Cooper Cup, injury did did hurt a little bit, but he's there, but he's not like those dudes are on a different, you know, they're they're on a different, they're sitting on a cloud. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's God, and then there's Randy Moss, Jerry Rice TO, then there's Justin Jefferson at the top of the mountain, and then yeah. there's everybody else.
1: Right? <laughs> it's,
0: they're up on clouds, you know. He's he's right at the mountaintop looking at them though. He's close.
1: Yeah. I mean, it is daunting to consider like what Justin Jefferson would need to do. I think to be in that kind of rarefied air, like he's got about yeah. forty-two hundred yards in his career. You know, yeah. he's got to multiply that by four, yeah, to to get in the Randy Moss and T.O. and and Jerry Rice is like untouchable from a yard. Oh, there's family. no way. There's no way. Twenty-two thousand yards. <laughs> Right. This, dude so was getting,
2: this dude was getting thousand yard seasons when he was like thirty seven. Man,
1: there's right. no way. Yeah, I I think Ron laid it out well. Like yeah. it, it does come down to like how does Justin Jefferson just continue to handle the fame, the money, the notoriety, the the media attention. I mean, that does play a massive factor in guys' longevity. And and so far, he's handled it wonderfully. And he was amazing right. last night. Yeah. Um, Ron, I I want to ask you about the defense because we haven't talked about that yet. Yeah. I guess what what's your concern level that the Vikings defense made Mac Jones look like Tom Brady um, for uh, a big chunk of that game?
0: Uh, that's blasphemous. First of all, uh, <laughs> never never put Mac Jones and Tom Brady in the same uh, paragraph. I don't even. I say sentence. They shouldn't be in. The, they should be in the <laughs> same book report. I don't
1: want the <laughs> book report. he looked, he looked <laughs> pretty good. He looked pretty he good. Never uh, looked like did, did you, you see all like, the way the ever. Patriots
2: beat reporters were treating the draft pick when he was drafted? People were like, "Hey." But Belichick found his new temperature.
0: <laughs> Matt Jones got drafted and walked to the stage like the principal of a school that knows that, uh, you know, some students are listening to uh, Bon Jovi too loud or something in the hallway. Like, he, he just looks super stern, like he had the black tie, like he was about to go flashy thing somebody. Like, come on, man, like, don't ever put him in the same – don't put them saying sentence with Brady, but no. So this is, what I, this is what I look at the defense with the Vikings. So when you look at the Vikings defense, and this is why I'm, I'm still, I'm perplexed, I guess I'd say, because I, I get confused every time I do this because I walk on the sideline and I look to my left and there's the family section. And if you go to my Instagram, that's 3 Ron Johnson on Instagram, uh, I have a video of Caitlin Thielen and she's with Adam and her and I were talking and she's like, hey, we don't have the kids tonight. We got a babysitter since it was Thanksgiving. It was a night game. And she's like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what to do without kids. And so her and Adam are taking a picture together and it's super awkward cause they're so used to like kids. And so they're both like, who do we look at? What do we do? You know, should one of us take a knee? Like what, like, what do we do? And so we were joking about that. And then like, you look over to your immediate left and there's this dude that looks very familiar and I couldn't figure out who it was. It's Wade Phillips. Like Wade oh. Phillips yep. is just chilling with the families, like he's just a normal dude. Like, you know, it reminded me of Michael Scott or something from the office, like just would be chilling with a polo on, uh, just hanging out, you know? And I'm like, why is this dude just hanging out with the family section and not sitting next to, you know, old coach up there in the booth? Like, this is what I see. This is what I would do in this moment. This is how I would stop this defense. And so, and I talked to Ben Lieber about that. Ben Lieber said uh, Coach Phillips had the best defense he had, or felt like the best defense he had played for because he simplified it, but it was also confusing. So it was confusing simplification, Uh, whereas it was simple to the defense, but it was confusing to the offense they were going against because of just alignment and assignment. So if you think about alignment and assignment, moving guys around, he said Wade Phillips was great at it. Uh, and so I just wonder that, like, at what point does Wes Phillips, you know, call his dad and say, "Hey, Dad, uh, I'm over here talking to Coach Donatello, and he's telling me we should run Cover Two Man with a Spy." What do you think, Dad? Now I don't know if that would step on toes or whatever, but like, you have a really good defensive mind that probably would do it for the fun of it because he's coaching with his son. Why not do it? You know, why not bring it in there? Now I don't know if that would get weird because son is offensive coordinator and then dad's trying to beat him up in practice every week. That's life. Like, yeah. dads beat up sons. Like, you always want to humble your son. You want to make your son bow down to you. Your kid, I always tell people, beat your kids at everything. Like, who cares? They'll they'll learn. They'll get over it. Like, I don't – I'm Uno. Sorry. I don't care. Monopoly. Whatever. I'm beating my kids. So, like, I, I feel like you have a guy in Wes Phillips that – or, sorry, Wade Phillips that can really help. Um, so, as far as going back to Ed Donatel's defense, though, injury is a huge part of that. You know, you look at the cornerback. You're talking about Duke Shelley had to play the entire game. Uh, You look at people are clamoring now for a Caleb Evans. Uh, You can't just blitz Harrison Smith all the time because you got Duke Shelley over there that needs a little bit of help. So you're trying to get home with four and you can't just crisscross because Mac Jones will run. Uh, You also they will dump it off to the running back. So all of a sudden defense in goes in and he sees that Bill Belichick has a trigger or something. I'm pretty sure to say, hey, don't chip, just go because that chip screen it almost went for a touchdown. That's all that is. It's a fake chip making the defense in go inside and then boom, throw it out to him. And now he's in space with with, line, with uh, tight ends and receivers blocking downfield. So I don't know. Like the honest answer is, I I I would rather go out in a blaze of glory and just blitz. Like if you're gonna lose, at least lose putting the quarterback's life in danger. Like scare him to death, hit him. Because um, just sitting back there playing that zone, it, it's it the, today's receiver is a little bit too savvy. The routes are not what they used to be. Guys are able to change routes mid route, like the choice routes that guys have, or if you run down the middle of the field, if it's open, you take the middle. If it's closed, you stay on the seam or you break to the corner. So there's so many variations of what coaches draw up now. Um, So yeah, I don't know. It, the, the defense for me, I don't really have an answer, to be honest. I'm, I'm very confused at that. Mm-hmm. All I can say is Kevin O'Connell is not pointing fingers at his defense saying, hey, look, I'm giving you guys prime time Kirk 300 yards and you guys are letting them put 400 yards. We don't have that. You know, I think in the past there was some finger pointing, hey, my defense is really good. Your offense needs to hurry up and get better, you know. Uh, but, yeah, no, I have no answers to the defense. I really don't. It's it's so confusing when you look on paper. You guys are Darius Smith, Daniil Hunter. You got Harrison Phillips. You got Harrison Smith, pro bowler, uh, Hall of Famer. You got Patrick Peterson, Hall of Famer, pro bowler. You got Eric Kendricks. You got Jordan Hicks. In my mind, on paper, that feels like – and you got Shannon Sullivan. Like, that feels like on paper that's uh, – A great defense now they're nine and two so I mean I don't know like in the red zone they're only giving up 20 touchdowns in the red zone they've only faced 111 plays I think that's like fifth or sixth best or fifth fifth or sixth least amount of plays in the red zone you know so there are some things they're doing well they're bending but they're not breaking but yeah I don't know
1: yeah Arif last one for Ron uh, before we get him out of here
2: yeah, no, I was just kind of wondering, like, one of the one of the big elements for the Vikings in this game, going back to the offense, was, you know, the ability to get everyone else involved in a way that we didn't see, you know, like, for example, the Eagles and the Lions game in particular, but the way that we haven't really seen, while still allowing Justin Jefferson to go off for 139, people like Adam Thielen, people like KJ Osborne, who... Osborne may have had the catch of the game in his one catch for eight yards. That was pretty great. Um, But, you know, T.J. Hawkinson got more involved. I I feel like this offense, you know, it has been fun to watch, right? It has been a phenomenal offense. We've had some great moments. But it feels like this offense is not ready for the playoffs unless it gets those people involved, unless we see – much more Adam Thielen, unless we see much more KJ Osborne, unless we see a good dose of of TJ Hawkinson. How can the Vikings make sure that that continues to happen? Because it, it feels like sometimes they just get stuck. on, And I understand why. It's Justin Jefferson. But it, it sometimes it feels like they just get stuck on trying to get the ball to Jefferson. How can we see more of, of what happened in this game? Oh,
0: man. So, yeah. So it's going to be one of those things where you have to the the first 15 plays of the game. Kevin O'Connell is the best in the NFL. Uh, we know he struggled in the third quarter. They're the worst or were the worst. I haven't done the numbers yet. I'll wait till after the Sunday's games. But I think he was one of the worst bottom five third yeah. quarter offenses in the NFL. And so when you look at that, I feel like the first 15 should be scripted. And then the next 15 to start the half should be scripted. That's just me. Because clearly when he's writing stuff down and putting a play plan together, he's the best. Like he literally is the best in the NFL. Numbers lie. I mean, numbers don't lie. Men lie. Women lie. Numbers don't. So when you think about that, you think about the second half, I think the second half is one of those things. Like he can go in at halftime, already kind of have a like maybe have three or four written down, you know. And then when he comes out, he's like, okay, I'm going to use. Second half number four, because Justin Jefferson's done this. TJ's done this. Here's the defense. Uh, I think that's got to be the way. But yes, you look at KJ Osborne save Kirk Cousins from a possible pick six. Like that was a one handed interception waiting to happen. And KJ kind of like, it was like Spider Man in slow motion. I love to actually see the slow mo to see how fast KJ Osborne's eyes moved when he looked down. It was like, oh, wait, this dude's got the ball. Let me take (laughs) this from you. (laughs) Just
1: pull that in. <laughs> like, I'll take I got that.
0: You Get off me. I'll take this. Because uh, it was, I mean, literally, KJ turned and Kirk threw it early and everybody was like, everybody's like, oh. And then he had it and KJ just took it out the bread basket. Like, I'll take that. Um, TJ Hawkinson, you, I think, with you know, that? yeah, like that's mine. Uh, <laughs> TJ Hawkinson's usage, it has to improve uh, for the simple fact of Justin Jefferson. There's going to be teams that literally say, you know what? I really don't care if Adam Thielen has 10 catches. Justin Jefferson is not going to get a ball. Like, we're going to double team him. I mean, think about the Megatron versus Eagles game years ago that they keep showing where they literally treated him like a gunner. They had
2: two yeah, the cornerbacks two. in the <laughs> red.
0: Yeah, they had two cornerbacks. <laughs> like, yeah, go somewhere else. And he still, I think, ended up having three touchdowns at one point against the Eagles. Like, <laughs> like. Like that dude, like I, I saw that highlight the other day and his size compared to that corner. He legit looked like Megatron. Like, I don't know if anybody else is a Transformer <laughs> fan like I am, but Megatron is way bigger than Bumblebee and the rest of those guys. Like, like he looked like Megatron versus Bumblebee. It was like, you know, get over here. Like, it, 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 was, just, <laughs> it was scary. Like, you know, but when you, when you think about the way Justin Jefferson and his offense goes, it goes through Justin. We know that now. But you're going to have to keep Adam Thielen at that, like eight, nine catches. You're going to have to keep TJ Hogginson in at seven to eight targets. Um, I still have not seen it. He did try it. TJ dropped the ball. But I still have not seen TJ really grasp the fact that I can be the one receiver by myself over to the right. I can bunch Justin Jefferson to the left with Thielen and KJ Osborne. And now you have to pick your poison. Do I put six guys over to the left when I'm, you know, because I got to rush two of those six and then four are going to cover three. And then I math, I only got one guy out here on TJ Higginson. Yeah. That's what I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see what that looks like. I also, haven't seen a lot of uh, red zone shifts. And when I say that, I mean either go nasty or get wide. Go nasty just means get really tight. The tight splits. But, yeah. but like coming from wide to nasty to see what happens, motion, and then go back wide and see if you can get a better look. Because what happens is when defenses, a lot of teams do this, which means vanilla or whatever. Or here's our call for this. If you go right back to it, a lot of teams don't know how to get back into that call. And that's what I think. Uh, who did that? Oh, the uh the fake go that Peyton Manning would do. That's what he would do. He would start off in one shift, get a fake go, and then go right back to it because he's like, now I know I got them and what I want them in because I want them in something basic so I can get this look. We haven't seen that, and, and I know Kevin O'Connell has it because I know he's he's a you know, he's a mind quarterback that thinks about that kind of stuff. Dan Orlovsky's bought that up that Kevin O'Connell knows that kind of stuff. So I think usage-wise, it's coming. Um, but Again, there's no, it was only, what, 66 plays this game? That's, yeah. you know, what, 10 targets for two people, you know, eight targets for two others, and then you still got to give Dalvin 20-plus carries. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so there's only about 40 targets going around. Who do you give them to? You can't, you know, there's – now, if there's ever a 10-10-10 where all four get 10 targets, hey, he's living right.
2: <laughs> We're eating. But, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. but it's not going to happen that way, and we know that. Um, You know, and also another one I'm still confused about is why isn't C.J. Ham Playing max protection. Like Dalvin Cook is a great running back. He's not a great blocker, though. If you know you're gonna pass, if it's third and seven, you know you're not gonna run the ball. Just bring C.J. Ham in as, instead of Alexander Madison, or, or and I get it. You want to dump it off to one of those backs because they might get you a first down. But C.J. Ham can too. You can do that. Like yeah. Like I and I feel like he's less looked at. Like they're not gonna put a linebacker on C.J. Ham. They're gonna just come and boom, and he bounces out. Now C.J. Ham's in space, and we know he can run in space. So. Yeah, that that one still throws me off because as far as a blocker, and if you want to go six man protection, I think CJ Ham's your guy. But again, that's just me. I'm a little partial to that, so we'll see.
2: Yeah, I yeah, really like the Y ISO idea. That you know, with Kelsey and Kittle, on, you know that they've been doing with
1: uh, with the tight end split out. That's really good. They they kind of right. did that nasty to wide thing on the Hawkinson touchdown last night. They went nine on the line with Cousins under center, Dalvin in the mm-hmm. backfield, and then they leaked out Hawkinson to the pylon. That was a nice play. Ron, thank you for joining us uh, at 3 Ron Johnson, Uh, The Ron Johnson Show, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and the roundtable on Fridays. Happy Thanksgiving, Ron. Have a good rest of your weekend, man.
0: All right, and I hope everybody that's cheering for Wisconsin, I hope you lose your voice.
1: <laughs> go get the axe. There it is. Let's there go. it is. Skyuma. Skyuma. Oh, yeah. All right, thanks, Ron. Good stuff from Ron Johnson. Hey, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're listening to us, you can watch us on YouTube. And if you're watching us, you can listen to us. Uh, We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. But uh, if you want to watch on YouTube, you can check us out uh, at Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Like, comment, subscribe. Let us know what you think of the show. Uh, Arif, big play that people are talking about, the overturned touchdown at the goal line. Hunter Henry catches the ball. It was the Jesse James play. It was Jesse James versus the Patriots in like 2018, I want to say. Subtle movement of the football, forced by the ground. Uh, What did you make of the ruling?
2: Uh, It's a bad application of the rule. I don't even know. I don't even think it's the correct ruling. But if it is, I think it's a bad application of the rule. Um, Just in terms of... You know the ground causing an insecurity in the ball, and proving that you don't have control over it or whatever. Um, I don't think the ball ever touched the ground, and I think it was close enough that I'm surprised that they overturned the ruling on the field. Um, but um, even so, let's let's assume that it was clear and obvious, right? Given the positioning of the hand, given the ball movement, that the ball did for a brief moment tap the ground, and mm-hmm. as he's spinning up, uh, the ball moves a little bit. That's I it just feels like it's not in the spirit of of what we would call a catch, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't like the ruling for the very technical reasons that I think it was just called incorrectly. I don't like the ruling for uh, the standard for you know it's way too close. Why, why would you uh, overturn the ruling in the field? And I don't like the ruling because of what it like, what it means for like football generally that we treat those things like not catches. So, um, you know, I, I, think Belichick was right to be testy. I don't know if with reporters was the right way to do it, but you know, that's who he had. That was his audience. It's not like he could uh, do that with officials more than, you know, two or three times a game. So um, I get it. I don't like it. Um, I, I, I do find it kind of weird that, that I've seen some Vikings fans say, Hey, Seven point game that's just a four point difference. Well, I mean the rest of the game would have played a little bit different <laughs> it's really fair. Exactly. yeah so, so um, I you know I, I think that the, the officials were bad all game, and I think that it hurt the Patriots much more than it hurt the Vikings. did hurt yeah. the Vikings though they they you know they missed a couple of false starts, right? They missed a couple of calls, but the, I don't know it was really bad officiating in this game
1: there was a missed face mask Daniel Hunter yeah. on Mac Jones. Yeah, arguably a missed hold on C.J. Ham. Although, you know, I was talking to Luke Braun about this no on the postcast. Little... He, he, You know, it sounds like his hands were within the frame, even though there was some jersey pulling. Well, so I, I thought th- it was going to be a block in the back was was supposed to be the missed call, not a hold. I think people were mad at Ham, but I could be wrong about that. Um, yeah. Well, I mean,
2: either way, I, uh, I didn't I thought that that would have been a ticky tack call. Um. So that one that one I'm less into. But, it, you know, if I'm a Patriots fan, I'm adding that to like my list of grievances.
1: Yeah, I mean, Patriots, though, shot themselves in the foot legitimately so yeah. many times. The face yeah. mask was legitimate on Jefferson. The face mask on Thielen was legitimate. The late hit on Thielen was legitimate. The roughing the kicker or running into the kicker was legitimate like. I mean, I, I I think they just made so yeah, many they, mistakes, they made so many mental errors that
2: very uncharacteristic
1: of a Belichick coach team. Oh, I couldn't believe it! I couldn't believe how undisciplined they were in that football game. In a game where your quarterback played as well as he, and everyone was tweeting, like you know, Bill Simmons is tweeting, like, "Wow, best game of the year for Mac," and uh, and that's kind of the way that that it went for them with all those mistakes that contributed to the Vikings taking the lead. Uh, what did you make of Duke Shelley's? Admirable fill-in performance. I, it was an admirable fill-in performance, right? <laughs> All he does is break up touchdown passes, right? I don't know.
2: <laughs> Where did they find this guy, man? It's the old it's, the old, it's the old Chris Berman
1: on on prime time. <laughs> All he does is, and then Tom Jackson with the echo break up touchdown passes.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what what a find! I mean, if you, if you what was he, a street free agent? I don't know how they found this Duke Shelley guy. <laughs> It, was Duke, was he a UDFA with the, the typical UDFA class? I, I don't, I don't think he was in the, was he on the 90 man? Let's take a quick look. I uh, head over to our lads who does really excellent archival yeah. work for this sort of stuff. Um, let's see, Shelly, no, he was not on the 90 man in August.
1: <laughs> oh, so he was with the bears for a couple. See, this is how little I knew about Duke Shelly. He was a bears six round pick of the bears in 2019. Yeah, so he's with the Bears from 2019 to 2021 as a sixth-round pick, which by the way exceeds the lifespan
2: of most six-round picks. So credit to him for sticking around on a roster for that long. Uh, especially, you know, a Bears roster that I think that the, the middle end is actually fairly talented at cornerback. So credit to him. So uh he was waived by the Bears uh in roster cuts on August 31st. The Vikings signed into practice squad on September 6th, and he's been and he's been promoted up. So uh really fantastic work from this guy, five foot nine, 176 pounds. Gets to break up some pretty difficult-to-break-up passes. So good for him. They should probably
1: keep him around for a little bit, given how injured the Vikings are and also how talented he seems to be. And clearly above Chris Boyd uh, in the pecking order for the Vikings. And uh, I think they they probably have a good chance to get a Caleb Evans back next week. A Caleb Evans could be your starter. Like, yeah, Andrew Booth, I mean, God bless him, seems to be made of glass. Uh, I'm not sure what, what his status is with the knee. But Duke Shelley could be in this rotation as long as, as Cameron Danceler is out, which it sounds like Danceler believes he'll be back after the minimum, which is four games, which would be after Detroit. I think he's sure. been out. Two, he's missed two weeks now. He yes, yeah, yeah, miss he's missed two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what impact do you think Dalvin Tomlinson can have once he returns? I assume he's got a good chance to return against the Jets. Yeah. Um, the thing that,
2: my answer surprises me, which is that it's an interior pass rush. The thing that I criticized the Vikings for signing him back when I thought Michael Pierce was going to be on the roster for a little while, right, is that, hey, they signed two nose tackles. Neither of whom can rush the passer. What's going on here? And and the thing is, Tomlinson is not a very good three-technique rusher, but he does find a way, especially when he gets to rush from the one or zero, um, he does find a way to to collapse the pilot. This is his best pass rush season, I think, maybe ever, at least from a – pressure percentage perspective right where he's been able to to collapse it's not something i anticipated but also i mean the vikings run game has clearly suffered without him right um they've had to dig into their rotation i think uh just like duke shelley kairos tonga has been a w- really wonderful find i think also from the bears <laughs> you gotta hold on to these guys man what's going on well they got a smith marset so yeah <laughs> But, uh, you know, it's been a wonderful find, and I have seen James Lynch improve over the past couple of weeks, but he is just not good enough to to hold on for an entire game, the same way the Dalvin Tomlinson can, and he gets pushed around a lot, right? Um, and so not having someone like Dalvin Tomlinson really exposes you in the run game. It asks Harrison Phillips, who is having a really good season. It asks him to do a lot more, um, which I think, you know, you don't want him to do stuff that he's just kind of outside of, of his specialty, which is unfortunate because he can be really talented when he gets to do what he, what he does best. Um, so it has this kind of knock-on effect on the rest of the team in that you've, you decrease kind of the rotation reps um, with Dalvin Tomlinson available. You make somebody like James Lynch, um, play fewer snaps, so he's going to be, um, you know, more energized, more refreshed for those snaps. But also just your top-line defense could really use that guy. I mean, the Vikings are a very top-heavy team in terms of the way their talent works, right? The, the depth is just not there as it is compared to mm-hmm. other, you know, teams that are competing for a division lead, right? And so getting someone like him back, like the, the injury that the Vikings have had to their starters have been thankfully, like, very short-term. I'm um, getting someone like Tomlinson back, I think would be huge in terms of the way offenses can game plan around the Vikings, whether or not they've got the ability to kind of run up the middle a little bit more often. And also, Neil Hunter has just figured it out, right? Like he's yeah. just figured it like out. Yeah. The past couple of weeks, you know, he's been able to figure it out and he's been, he had a great game here, too, just in terms of pressure, right? Um, you know, obviously, it would have been nice to get home, right, to Mac Jones a little bit more. I think he had a, a, the sack, right? I don't think they split that up. Um, but, um, mm-hmm. You know, Hunters figured it out how to rush from this new alignment. Now you throw Dalvin Tomlinson back in there, and I think you create more one-on-ones, you you just have more opportunities to bring the quarterback down. So I think it actually would have a pretty big impact in ways that you know, if you'd asked me before the season started, I
1: would not have anticipated. And you needed him to because Zadarius Smith is not quite himself right now, and he needs this mini buy in the worst way. Like this oh is oh my one god, where... he has like
2: six injuries. Made.
1: Um, watching him and and this is something that I doubt TV captured, watching him get off the field. He did not linger at all. Cause they had that hurry up drive at the very end. Smith labored to get off the field. I mean, he was, he was fighting it. He went yeah. straight to the locker room. He didn't hang out. He didn't go high five. He didn't exchange jerseys. Like he was getting out of there. Um, and he did not look very healthy. So he needs this whole week. And I don't know if yeah. he's ever going to really shake this knee thing. I think this is probably something that is going to bother him chronically for the whole year. But if they can mitigate um, and get him a little healthier 10 days from now, if they can get Thielen a little healthier 10 days from now, get Tomlinson back, get Caleb Evans back, th- then this team can look a little bit more, re- you know, kind of re- rejuvenated, I think, and, yeah. and back to health. And then you're still looking to get Dantzler back um, and then – who knows about Christian Derisaw? I mean, I think Derisaw is the big wild card here after two concussions.
2: Yeah, two two um, concussions is really difficult to figure out what the timeline yeah. for that is going to be because you do want to be careful with multiple concussions within uh within a short time frame. Um to the Zedaria Smith point, I think it is really difficult to emphasize to people how much pain Smith is playing through and how because it's not just the knee, because he also had like an arm, right? A little bit earlier. Um, I don't know. He has he has like a number of of issues crop up during games and Regardless, you know he seems to come back into games, which you know, obviously it's a credit to him and, and how ridiculously tough he was, and also really emphasizes how bad it must have been last year for him to miss basically the entire season except for the first game and the last game, right? Yeah, but um, you know he he is playing through an enormous amount of pain, and it is not always obvious because you know the you know, broadcast is an entertainment product. It's football, right? You watch to, to be entertained. They're not going to focus that much on that, right? Um, but he's he's playing through a lot, and um, it, it it is difficult to kind of. I mean, I, I've I've seen really tough players rack up the number of injuries that's and and not play, and no one holds it against them, right? It's not like mm-hmm. they're being soft. They're really tough players to play through a lot, and yeah. uh, and what Darius Smith is playing through is extraordinary.
1: All right, last one. Kirk Cousins said it on NBC. He also said it in the press conference that the next step for him. Is to get a pair of grills to match yeah. Jefferson. At what point should Kirk Cousins break out the grills? Oh
2: man, I feel like that's a playoff thing, right? First yeah. of all, it's going to take a little bit of time to get good custom grills done. So his yeah, dentist in hunt. Holland, Michigan, may that not be able funny. to fulfill that order. That was that was funny. That was <laughs> funny that he mentioned. Yeah, I don't think my dentist gets a lot uh, of those requests. <laughs> um. But, you know, I'm sure, you know, through the grapevine, he'll be able to figure out a connection somewhere. Right. But yeah, I I think you got to wait until the playoffs. You know, keep that in your back pocket uh, until you get that playoff win. Something that has been elusive for him. I think it's only that Saints uh, playoff win. Right. I don't think he got one with Washington. Um, Correct. Get get that playoff win. Shut people like me up about sustainability and all that. Put the grills in. I think that's when you
1: do it. I think you got to make the Super Bowl to the do grills self? you gotta wait for the super you gotta Bowl? you have to make the super so you need to so, so you gotta the win the championship, championship game.
2: game that that yeah. is an expensive investment for i mean un- unless he
1: gets cheap grill i guess that's always possible
2: <laughs> but why would he why would he spend up on Kirk cousins yeah Kirk but, cousins
1: and yeah. grills have not historically gone well but together it just, <laughs> it's
2: just so good he could look like riffraff man just commit just
1: commit like <laughs> if they're if they're playing in a wild card game, I don't want Kirk Cousins breaking out the grills for a while. Like they've been there, they've done that. I need them to do something they haven't done with Kirk Cousins. So maybe it's divisional round, um, home home win. But again, I'm I worry about like over. Well, we both agree he should not do it during the regular season. We both no. I would no. We both I think we both okay. agree. Yeah. Okay. If they beat the Lions. like how many ro- more road games do they have? If they beat the Lions and like on the flight home he's got grills. No. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. I'm out. <laughs> no. And I actually appreciate that they've kind of as fun as it would they've be toned it down. Yeah. I appreciate that they're sharing the chains. Yeah. And it's become a team thing because I do like have legitimate concern about overconfidence, over celebration, getting, you know, too high on the hog, fat cats get slaughtered, all of that. Um, Kevin O'Connell might need to slaughter some stuffed animals. That,
2: that's <laughs> just to drive the point home. Yeah, did you see? Did you see that Chris Boyd tweet? Was it from a couple of weeks ago? Uh, getting mad he got at Taylor. Mad Heineke. at Heineke. He got
1: really mad. Yeah,
2: you can't wear chains. That's our thing. <laughs> Only our dorky white quarterback can wear chains. <laughs> like, boy, I can you own that? That is
1: so bizarre. Trademark on the chains, Turco chains. <laughs> uh reef happy thanksgiving happy thanksgiving weekend my friend uh we're grateful for you and we will talk to you again on monday hopefully with the two luke's back with us dude yeah absolutely man
2: happy thanksgiving to you and yours
1: all right uh you can check us out on the minnesota football party typically mondays and thursdays today a special day on fridays check out lockdown sports minnesota for the ron johnson show superior sports talk and the lockdown vikings postcast with myself and luke braun Uh, He's a reef pro football network. I'm Sam of locked on sports, Minnesota. Thanks a lot for watching the Minnesota football party.
2: Hey, prime members. You can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon music. Download the Amazon music app
0: today.